0: Fired Up show starts right now. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Fired Up podcast coming to you from WJMS Media. Thank you so much for downloading our uh, episode this week, as always. And uh, we hope you find it uh, interesting, challenging, and thought-provoking. So let's get right into it because we have a lot to cover today. Um, let's start off, as always, with our COVID update. And uh, we are currently at 82.3 million cases. We are at 997,100 deaths, uh, still creeping closer and closer to that 1 million mark. And I know that you may have heard some uh, outlets in the media talking about how we have already crossed the 1 million mark. Uh, That may be entirely possible as there are variations in how The uh, cases and deaths are reported, you know, by the states and by the the local jurisdictions within each state. So the numbers can fluctuate as more data comes in, you know, week over week. Uh, We also have 581.7 million people who have been vaccinated. Uh, That is up over the past week, as is the number of cases and unfortunately the number of deaths as well. So the the objective is as always. Um, let's make sure that we're protecting ourselves. Let's make sure that we're protecting our families. Uh, we do notice, and we are receiving news reports that cases, especially of the BA two variant of the Omicron uh, Delta uh, variant, is uh, expanding in this country. And I have seen some preliminary stories uh, coming out of news media that there may be yet another variant that is starting to uh, appear in some places in this country so you know it it is still not time people to stop the safety protocols that we have been practicing for the last two and a half years uh, and you know the the increase in the number of cases and all of that just is more evidence of that so let's make sure we're doing what we can to uh, keep ourselves families our communities and our country safe okay all right we have got a um, really really packed show uh, for today Uh, if you heard the podcast uh, prior to this that came out last week uh, we were talking of course about the leaked memo that seems to indicate that the Supreme Court is poised to either overturn or substantially uh, weaken the Roe versus Wade uh, decision that was decided in 1973. And we talked about last week um, what that would mean uh, from you know something of a, a political impact standpoint. Uh, we're going to continue that. I've uh, been digging and I've gotten more information. Uh, one of the things that, that came to me from one of my media sources was a discussion, Uh, That raised an interesting question. Uh, I'm going to raise the question now and then come back to it at the end of the show. Uh, The question is that why has Republican women not been more vocal uh, over what their party is doing to, um, you know, to women's health issues that would impact them directly? I mean, this is going to impact, you know, all women uh, in the country. But if you're a Republican woman, um, I, I have not heard uh, or, or read uh, a whole lot of, you know, outrage from Republican women. Uh, so I went and did uh, a little bit of digging to see what I could find. And uh, we're going to take a couple of different looks at it in this show. So there was an article that came out of the Wisconsin Examiner, and it's by uh, James E. Garcia, and it came out on May 10th. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the lead-in was, was interesting uh, in that it seems to say uh, something that uh, hasn't been said but really should be part of the conversation. Uh, he said, there's a reason for the Declaration of Independence uh, and it reads, quote, all men are created equal, close quote, and not, not, and not, rather, all men and women are created equal. Uh, simply stated, the founding fathers were all white guys who didn't think women were their equals. And again, this is by James Garcia from the Wisconsin Examiner. Uh, in fact, uh, he continues, the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution after that. Basically regarded women as their property, at least as far as the law was concerned. Uh, it goes on. It wasn't until the passage of the Nineteenth Amendment in 1920 that women would even win the right to vote, and it wasn't until the 1965 Supreme Court decision in Griswold versus Connecticut that uh, states outlawed the use um, that states outlawing the use of contraceptives like the birth control pill were tossed out uh... that dramatically reduced the health risks of unintended pregnancies and established family planning as a cultural norm uh... and also that it wasn't until 1973 supreme court ruling in roe v wade that women women won the constitutional right to abortion in the united states So, you know some interesting um, background there um, You know, we we go all the way from the late 1700s to the early 1900s before we see, you know, significant progress uh, in uh, women's voting rights and uh, equality rights from the health standpoint. Um, You know, so the the article goes on and... um, talks about what would happen if the court sticks with the decision that has come out in the the draft memo. And he cites, Assuming the court sticks with its decision, and there's no reason to think it won't, as many as 26 Republican-controlled states across the nation could soon outlaw abortion again, leaving democratically-controlled states to serve as safe havens for women seeking the procedure. Said another way in the article, if Roe v. Wade is tossed out, an estimated 40% of women in the United States would be deprived of their full rights as citizens. Uh, and that's, that's a talking point you don't hear um, being mentioned. Uh, clearly, the Republicans are not saying it. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Democrats are not uh, hanging that around the Republicans' neck like an anchor reminding people that the, the actions of Republicans, um, and, and we'll talk about the vote that happened last week in a second. The actions of Republican senators, uh, you know, basically reduced uh, 40% of women uh, in this country to a status of citizenship they haven't seen in, you know, more than 100 years. So, you know, it, it is something to keep in mind, and it is something to think about and digest as we listen to the talking points back and forth about the upcoming Supreme Court decision on Roe v.ersus Wade. Um, So another piece in the article says, if the Republican war on women is real, then the Supreme Court's looming decision on Roe v. Wade is its own brand of war crime because women will die unnecessarily as a result of it. uh, As a result of it, excuse me. And this was something I mentioned in, in the last podcast. Um, one of the things to consider is that one of the key uh, benefits of the Roe versus Wade decision and the Casey decision that followed it was that it made the medical practice of you know terminating pregnancies much more safe. Uh, many women uh, in 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 the days before 1973. Uh, you know, died from, you know, botched abortions or, you know, unsafe or unsanitary conditions, uh, improperly trained or or unskilled people performing the procedures. Um, And this particularly hit the low income communities and the communities of color. um, And, you know, it, it, was the the age of the you know as, as the article says the grotesque reality of the quote back alley abortions which will return and women seeking an abortion in states that decide to ban the practice again will be regarded as criminals and that's a key point let's put a pin in that because we're going to talk about that in some detail on this uh, on this podcast so you know the the Republicans may have made a strategic error here in terms of the approach to the upcoming midterms and beyond that to the general election in 2024. And that's this. The problem with declaring war on American women is that they still have three powerful weapons they can use to defend themselves. The right to vote, the fact that they constitute a majority of our nation's voters and the support of a strong majority of the american people Um, and you know the article concludes by saying make no mistake women will fight this decision already thousands across the country have marched in the past week to protest the supreme court's looming announcement and tens of millions will be marching to the polls to make their voices heard in the fall midterm elections and the next presidential election cycle the the last paragraph sort of is the Uh, ice water throwing the the chilling touch of reality to it the great tragedy is the article states that even as millions of women are marching and voting an untold number of women will be dying from botched abortions and medical complications due to unwanted pregnancies and the blood of those victims will be on the hands of today's republican party so you know clearly that um you know that is a chilling message uh, coming out of uh, the Wisconsin Examiner um, one of the other things I found and you know we'll, we'll we'll take a look at this and this comes from the National Republican Senatorial Committee this is the committee of the Republican Party that is um, largely tasked with laying out the strategy for getting Republicans elected uh, particularly in the Senate but in other races as well and they put out an a document uh, a memo on May 3rd that says initial takeaways from opinion research on abortion and you know the the idea that this actually preceded the leak of the uh, the Dobbs memo from the Supreme Court but it was definitely on point with what it talked about and and how it outlines the republican strategy for uh... getting the message out about this important decision um, one of the the first heading is be the compassionate consensus builder on abortion policy and it says while people have different views on abortion policy americans are compassionate people who want to welcome every new baby into the world most americans agree that uh... point one Abortion should be avoided as much as possible. States should have the flexibility to implement reasonable restrictions. Put a pin in that. Uh, We should do all we can to encourage more adoptions and fewer abortions. And we should care and support pregnant women in difficult circumstances. Put a pin in that also. So let's let's break this first segment down. Um, Abortion should be avoided as much as possible okay, that, that's a pretty straightforward statement. Uh, states should have the flexibility to implement reasonable restrictions. Now, the messages that I've been hearing from the Republican uh, candidates and party over the last uh, few weeks since the memo was leaked, but over you know, the course of the last few election cycles, is that the Republicans are promoting... Policies uh, against abortion that do not allow restrictions, that do not allow for exceptions. You know they have made it very clear that uh, some of the laws coming out of the states will not have uh, an exception against abortion for victims of rape or incest, um, and barely have restrictions that come into play when the health of the mother is in question. So. Um, I'm ringing the hypocrisy bell on that one. Um, And the the other one I said to put a pin on is we should care and support pregnant women in difficult circumstances. And yet the Republicans, uh, both in the Trump administration and acting as the minority party in the first two years of the Biden administration, have done everything they can to undercut, to short circuit uh programs that would benefit pregnant women in this country particularly pregnant women uh in low and and uh disenfranchised communities in this country all right the next one uh expose the democrats for the extreme views they hold uh so they're pinning the the president joe biden and the Democrats. Uh, with extreme and radical views on, on abortion that are outside of the mainstream of most Americans. Uh, they support late-term abortions. Well, that's kind of half not true. They demand taxpayers pay for abortions. Okay, uh, They want abortions to be on demand despite any and all reasonable restrictions. Such as prohibiting abortion for gender selection reasons or even limiting abortions to the first trimester. Uh, that has been a discussion point in this uh, debate for quite a while uh, as to uh, which trimester um, that abortions can be performed. Um, and they, they conclude this section with, in fact, they have opposed every single restriction on abortion for nearly 50 years. Uh, restrictions on late-term abortions, gender selection abortions, medical safety regulations for abortion clinics, all are strongly repo- opposed by the radical left. Um, I'm I'm calling wrong on that. Um, the, the facts are out there. You can search them for yourselves. Uh, the Democratic Party has championed reasonable restrictions uh, in the past. They, you know, while again, both sides agree that depending on the term the pregnancy is in, that there are some restrictions that need to be in place. But... For the Republicans to say, you know, categorically that, you know, they, they have restrictions on it is an exaggeration, to put it gently. Um, they say, forcefully refute Democrat lies regarding GOP positions on abortion and women's health care. And, you know, one of the ones that they, they, um, they cite. So, Republicans do not want to take away contraception. That's also a little hypocritical. There are several states that have uh, provisions in their abortion restriction laws or are considering additional restrictions that would limit or eliminate the availability of uh, certain contraceptives. Um, Republicans want to take away mammograms and other health care provided specifically to women. Democrats are in support of women's health initiatives they you know they do support um, getting regular uh, checkups they do support the full range of women's health care republicans do not want to throw doctors and women in jail mothers should be held harmless under the law okay this one is a big one Um, the state of louisiana has uh, proposed a law And forgive me while I am fi- while I'm um, finding it. There are actually more than a dozen states are poised to almost immediately ban abortion if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Roe v. Wade. This is from Allison Durkee uh, of Forbes. This was written on May fourth. Um, many states have trigger bans, and we've heard about these, and we've talked about these that would. St- swiftly ban nearly all abortions, regardless of how soon into a pregnancy they are, and classify performing the, fe- the procedure as a felony punishable by prison time. And these states include Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. Potential prison sentences could range from two years in Louisiana and 1 to 5 years in Kentucky up to 15 years in Missouri um, so you know again the the fact that um, that the Republicans are saying that you know Democrats uh, want to criminalize um, criminalize uh, abortion in states uh, again Uh, is not upheld by the facts and by their actions in many states uh... again the state of louisiana uh... is progressing a bill at present that would make it a uh... a felony murder for the mother to uh... have an abortion that kills the child uh... it would make the medical professionals or whoever assists that accessories to that crime so You know, listen carefully when politicians are, you know, giving you their talking points. Um, You know, they are, the Republicans are saying that Americans support reasonable restrictions on abortion. Uh, Elected officials, not unelected judges, should reflect the consensus of the people. Um, How can you make that statement in the light of what the Supreme Court is saying that they are going to do? Uh, the Supreme Court justices are not elected. The federal uh, the federal district judges and, you know, the appeals judges, the federally appointed judges are not elected. They are appointed. Um, you know, they they give, of course, the science arguments, um, you know, that, that say, among other things, unborn babies can feel pain very early after six weeks. We can hear the heartbeat that has been uh, under. You know, back and forth discussion uh, for a long time as to whether you're you're hearing a heartbeat or some other uh, biological function that the fetus is exhibiting, um, and so forth. Um, they're saying, call Democrats out for using obsession over abortion to avoid talking about their record. Uh, you know, they they cite that Democrats hold extreme views. And those views are out of the mainstream, but their other policies are so absurd, they would rather talk about abortion. Uh, by the same token, Republicans uh, standing in a glass house throwing stones, uh, the Republicans, rather than talking about the, the pros and cons of the content of the uh, draft decision that was leaked, Republicans want to talk about the, the, the action of the leak. They want to talk about somebody leaked the document rather than have a a deep and you know descriptive discussion on what it indicates and whether or not that uh, they fully agree with it or there are areas where uh, they disagree. Um, so and, and I will include the link to this document because it is there's more information here, including. Uh, Some actual talking points that Republican senators can adopt and edit and weave into their own, uh, you know, campaign uh, speeches, their own stump speeches. Um, You know, and and again, I come to one that just seems so glaring. Um, So it says, uh, and again, this is sample language for pro-life Republican ads. Uh, quoting, I'm not in favor of putting women or doctors in jail. I would never take away anyone's contraception or health care. Uh, again, I go back to you know the the twenty-something states that are standing on trigger laws to ban abortions. Um, I, I go back to the the states that would have prison time, uh, you know, and and treat the the having of an abortion or the people performing the abortion as felony criminals. Uh, so, you know, as, as with any statement from politicians or those who uh, support politicians and and supply politicians, you know, you have to listen with that third ear. You have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to be ready to, del- to go out do research, do your diligence, dig deeper, dig wider, and get to as much of the truth as you can find. So um, let's, let's pause here. Uh, we'll take a break for our public service announcement. And then we come back on the other side. Uh, we're going to talk about how this decision uh, could backfire on the Republicans, uh, some of the risk they are putting themselves and their candidates at by advocating you know so strongly on this position uh this is the fired up podcast i appreciate you tuning in please stay tuned and we'll be continuing right after the break wjms media is the proud raise your voice media sponsor for the american lung association's eighth annual lung force walk new york city taking place on saturday may 21st at pier 16 at the south street seaport in manhattan Walk with us to raise critical awareness and funds to end lung cancer and other chronic lung diseases. For more information on how to register for free or donate, visit www.lungforce.org slash NYC. Because when you can't breathe, nothing else matters. And welcome back. That was a public service announcement from your friends here at WJMS Media and from us here at Fire It Up Podcast. Uh, please get out and support the lung cancer, uh, efforts, uh, that WJMS is, uh, a part of this year. Uh, if you go to the website, you can click on the link for the lung cancer walk and see where you can find out how you can support the effort and, uh, how you can also donate to the WJMS team. Uh, it's a good cause. Uh, our, uh, CEO, uh, and my daughter, Jamie, Uh, Is uh, championing this and has been uh, for the past four years. And uh, we're really proud of her and the work that she's doing. So if you can go out and help the effort and support the WJMS Lung Cancer Walk team as we get ready to put boots on the ground in New York City uh, in uh, the end of this month. All right, let's get back into what we've been talking about. And this is The um, the fallout, uh, the discussion, the 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 words that have been flowing around regarding the leaked memo from the Supreme Court uh, indicating uh, a high likelihood that they are going to overturn Roe v. Wade and uh, the Casey versus Planned Parenthood cases that form the the foundational support for uh, the the right for women to have abortion services in this country so a couple of a couple of points to make mention of in in researching you know this material for this show um, I admit that I found a uh, pretty substantial amount of Republican side uh, arguments talking points uh, I just referenced the National Republican Senatorial Committee memo that went out early in May and um, tried to find similar uh, material on the Democratic side. Now, there, there is you know, a, a good supply of Democratic talking points that have come from specific individuals, you know, including you know, people like Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, uh, President Joe Biden, and others. Uh, but I did not see any kind of cohesive strategy document from the Democratic equivalent of, you know, the, the National Senatorial Committee uh, discussing, you know, what the Democratic talking points uh, should be both nationally and in local races. Um, as I said, there's, there's no lack of Democratic talking points. Uh, Democrats are out there. They are talking about it. However, um, if I were to assess the Democratic side of the argument in comparison with the Republican side of the argument, I would have to say that the Republicans have a much more cohesive, a much uh, more targeted, focused uh, uh, set of talking points, even though caveating that some of them are hypocritical at best uh, and, you know, would fail a fact-check test um, at at worst. Um, But it just indicates that one of the things that the Democratic Party uh, continually seems to suffer from is that their arguments tend to be uh, less forceful, weaker, uh, less substantive than the Republican counterpoint's particularly when the Republicans are in the minority. Uh, we saw the same thing, the same type of approach happen uh, in the first two years of the Obama presidency, where the Republicans were, were out in public continually uh, using their message about the efforts they were putting forward to make uh, President Obama a one-term president, their anti-Affordable Care Act uh, talking points. All of these things, the Republicans... Were were shooting the big guns while the Democrats seem to be continually on the defensive. So, to Democratic candidates out there who hopefully listen to this podcast, um, you 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 guys need to get much tougher in your messaging. Um, I, I think, in, in my opinion. And in, in, in my opinion alone, I think the Democrats uh, are, are acting a little bit gun shy in terms of um, going toe to toe with Republican talking points, uh, even though in, in this particular issue, you have to consider, again, women make up more than 50 percent of the American population. Women make up way more than 50 percent of the American voting population. Um, and, you know, Republican women um, play a key role in that overall women's vote. Now, you know, I, I have heard some messaging that has come from, you know, groups uh, re- affiliated with Republican women. But, you know, I, I raise the question that your senatorial representatives republican women are about are about to um exercise and and also those those members in the conservative side of supreme court are about to exercise an authority that will take away you know your access to a needed health care procedure that many women including republican women need now it's clear that if if you are you know and an affluent member of the, the Republican Party, um, you will likely be able to access uh, just about any uh, reproductive health services that you want, regardless of whether or not they have been banned in the States, simply by traveling to another state or another country. Uh, Canada has put up a welcome uh, American woman banner, uh, figuratively speaking, you know at the border um, Mexico is another option uh, that because of the expense and the cost uh, you know women of lesser means you know poor rural uh, women of color you know other disenfranchised groups uh, will not be able to have access to but the more shocking consideration um, that I have noted in in my research is uh, isn't limited to uh, reproductive care and abortion rights. Uh, one of the things that the uh, overturning of Roe will do is it will significantly and substantially weaken the uh, foundational elements of a lot of uh, uh, rights granted by court decision that are not codified in law. That is, they are not part of of the Constitution or amendments or you know the the other elements of that codification, uh, and this will affect you know a much wider collection of people here in this country, uh, many of whom are Republican, uh, even though they may in some cases, as we'll get into, uh, they may be keeping a lot of that on some level of the down low, so. You know, one of the things that uh, came out in an article from um, The Guardian uh, that was picked up by uh, the Boston Globe and, you know, it was written. uh, It came out on May 5th. It was from uh, Martin Pengelly, and I hope I pronounced his name right, uh, of The Guardian. And, you know, it it is it, it. it illustrates some, some very key provisions that will occur as a result of the actions taken, or provisions that may occur, I should say. They are not cast in stone. Um, as a result of the actions taken to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, you know, said, in, in one representative in Louisiana, as I mentioned, Louisiana has advanced a bill to make abortion a crime of murder as a draft decision that would end abortion continues to spark nationwide protests and um, police in washington raised non-scalable fences around the supreme court uh, you know and one of the representatives behind the louisiana bill and his name is danny mccormick uh... said with regard to the bill quote we can't wait on the supreme court now the article talks about that since the draft ruling that seems set to overturn Roe was published by Politico uh, on you know, Monday night a week ago, Democrats have warned of a likely torrent of challenges to established rights. Uh, President Biden sounded the alarm about threats to privacy-based rights, including the rights to contraception. Remember what I talked about in the Talking Points memo where they said they weren't you know, uh, opposed to that? Uh, and that was uh, decided... In the case of Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965, the right to same-sex marriage, and that was uh, decided uh, in the case Obergefell versus Hodges in 2015. The president also raised the prospect of attacks on the teaching of LGBTQ plus children Uh, on Wednesday, uh, and this would be a week ago Wednesday. Republicans pushing such cases constituted the most extreme political organization in recent American history. And on that same day, that Wednesday in Texas, Republican Governor, governor Ted Abbott uh, raised the possibility of challenging a 1982 ruling which said states must provide free education to all children, including, including those of undocumented migrants. Uh, And, you know, quote from the governor of Texas was, I think we will resurrect that case and challenge this issue again. So some of the things that we're seeing as we uh, approach the potential overturning of the Roe decision is an emboldening of conservative and right wing uh, political leaders to uh, take that further steps further in. Uh, You know, eliminating uh, or challenging education for migrant children, as I just mentioned, Uh, looking at rights to contraception, which was decided in 1965, same sex marriage marriage in 2015. And I just saw a news article came out this past weekend where Florida Governor DeSantis is now uh, starting to take steps on banning digital copies of books uh, and and banning uh, library access to certain uh, reading sites that you know have a, a lot of the books, not just the ones that you know they, they have been banning you know as part of their um, their CRT their anti-CRT uh, approach, but this would be a much more expansive list of books. Uh, that would cover a broader set of subjects uh, that, you know, children would not be able to access through, you know, online libraries or digital uh, sources. Uh, I'm, I'm going to dig into that in more detail and that will be we'll talk about that in next week's podcast, uh, because that is extremely dangerous, uh, in my opinion, uh, for For the Republicans to be taking Uh, essentially, you know, it it is another example, just as as the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade is going to affect uh, Republican constituents as well as Democrat constituents. It is going to affect uh, maybe to a lesser extent, the more affluent uh, rungs of our society, many of whom uh, are on the uh, political right side of the spectrum. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in uh, next week's podcast. Uh, give me a chance to uh, get some background, get some facts on, you know, what they're planning and, and what it's going to be. But what we're seeing as a result of, you know, what is coming out regarding the Supreme Court's decision is an emboldening of, you know, the, the conservative movement in this country, notably the Republican Party. Uh, to take on, you know, any subject that they have found to be disagreeable, you know, over the past years and decades. So, you know, the, as I said, challenges to uh, teaching immigrant children or migrant children, um, you know, basic English and and reading so that they can, you know, function in uh, our country while they await determination on their status, Um, you know other additional uh, rights or privileges uh... issued uh, to lgbtq individuals you know so you know they're ma- they're making the argument about um, public tax dollars public property tax dollars going to fund these schools and to teach children who are five six seven ten years old who don't even have remedial english skills this is a real burden on communities and you know uh they are they asking Governor Abbott what he could do about that. And again, this was related to the Texas approach uh, at banning the teaching of migrant children. Um, Abbott said, the challenges put on our public system is extraordinary. Texas already long ago sued the federal government about having to incur the cost of the education program uh, in a case called uh, Piler versus Doe. And the Supreme Court ruled against us on the issue about denying or, let's say, Texas having to bear that burden. And he goes on to say, I think we will resurrect that case and challenge this issue again because the expenses are extraordinary and the times are different than when, you know, Plyler versus Doe was issued many decades ago. Uh, So the, the underlying read between the lines of that is... We didn't have a a conservative majority on the Supreme Court at the time. Now that we do, uh, this is a great time to go ahead and resurrect that case and perhaps, uh, you know, some others that, um, you know, the the more liberal Supreme Court over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years or more, uh, you know, struck down or refused to hear. Um, So. You know, it, it's it's been observed. Um, Charles Kaiser, Kaiser, I'm sorry, a leading historian of gay life in the U.S. said that the draft Roe opinion so blithely disregards past precedents. It's it could suggest a willingness to overturn previous court decisions, enshrining certain fundamental rights for LGBTQ people. The key in that phrase is disregarding past precedents. You know, for for the 50 years that Roe has been uh, law of the land, um, it, it has also been treated as a precedent. That is, as a uh, decided issue of the court, something you will hear them talk about and use the frame stare decisis, which means settled law. Uh, and that gave it a kind of immunity uh, or a kind of armor against uh, just you know, cavalier you know, overrunning or, or overturning. Uh, however, you know, a concerted effort to overturn it by a majority of the court uh, is has been you know the one thing that could be done to overturn such decisions. And now that you know the the court has a conservative majority, uh, I think you are going to see, and and mark my words here, that you're going to see a lot of actions being taken by red states in. Uh, this country to revisit some of these laws that were, you know, uh, struck down or overturned or not heard by the court in the past. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of those or a collection of those come back before the court now that there is a conservative majority uh, on the bench. And we're starting to hear uh, a lot of. Uh, Opinions coming out of various uh, think tanks and groups and so forth. Uh, I'll give you a couple um, in a conversation with Bloomberg Law, Cynthia Su- Suhu, co-director of the Human Rights and Gender Justice Clinic at the City of Uni City University of New York said, the same arguments that Justice Alito makes against uh, recognizing constitutional protection for abortion can be made about the right to access contraception. Catherine Frank, director of the Center for Gender and Sexuality Law at Columbia, told the same site, once you kick out the stilts underneath Roe, there's nothing to rest uh, those other decisions on. There's no constitutional foundation for the Lawrence decision saying that criminalizing same sex sex is unconstitutional or the Obergefell decision that says same sex couples have a constitutional right to marry. Uh, on the far right, Peter Brimelow, founder of The Dare, a native nativist website whom The New York Times has linked to the Fox News host, Talk- Tucker Carlson, was reported as was reported, excuse me. To have greeted the news of the draft Roe ruling by writing "Next Stop Brown v. Board," uh, referring to the Brown v. Board of Education decision in 1954, which ended racial segregation in public schools, uh, there are also uh, protections uh, that have been uh, put forward by the Supreme Court on, you know, such things as interracial marriage, uh, on, you know. Uh, a, Adoption issues and and so forth. So, you know, the the idea that overturning Roe v. Wade is going to be a one shot deal uh, is something that uh, really doesn't uh, hold water. So in in thinking all of this, you know, you 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 have to wonder uh, why the Republicans uh, are so adamant on going this route, number one, and have they thought through? What this uh, could cost them Uh, to the former question there. I'm pretty sure that, you know, they have been anxiously awaiting for this opportunity for a long time. So, you know, as soon as a uh, conservative majority was seated on the bench, uh, the plans were the moves were being undertaken to move this forward to the second part of that question. Have they thought through what the backlash might be? Uh, there's an article that uh, was written by Maya King, Alexander Burns, Dan Simpsons, and Ryan Patrick Hooper. Uh, and this was in the New York Times on May 13th. And it talks about that very question how overturning Roe v. Wade could backfire for Republicans. So, you know, what they're saying is, um, you know, how for months Republicans have been poised to make inroads in the diverse and economically comfortable suburbs. Of cities like Atlanta, now they are looking at ways to use uh, these decisions uh, as wedge issues to regain that access and uh, return Georgia to a a red state or a less purple, more red state than it is you know now after the twenty twenty election. Um, they cite, for example. Uh, A woman by the name of Sandra Sloan, who's 82, and they they document her as the kind of voter Republicans are counting on to help them reclaim this contested section of a newly purple state. Yet Sloan, retired high school teacher who lives in Atlanta's upscale Buckhead neighborhood, is uneasy about the party for one main reason. And she she's quoted as saying, I'm a Republican, but I still believe that it's a woman's right to choose," she said, "and that is a key and critical component of the kind of argument that Democrats need to be exploiting uh, with all their might to to paint that picture that yes, you may be a Republican, but they are taking away your right to choose; they are restricting." You know, the uh, available medical procedures that are that are available to you as a result of the fact of getting rid of uh, the abortion provisions. Many of the clinics that provide these services also provide other female health services that uh, will perhaps uh, be forced to close and thereby uh, depriving uh, many women, including Republican women, including affluent women, uh, of access to these uh, needed uh, services uh, within a close proximity to where they live. And again, you know, if you're an affluent Republican woman, uh, you will likely have no problem uh, replacing you know, the local medical services with some that require a little bit of travel and a hotel stay. Uh, but if you are a poor or working class uh, woman in many of these states. Um, that option uh, is, is going to be very difficult, if not impossible. So, in, you know, the article goes on, uh, should the Supreme Court strike down Roe in the sweeping manner of Justice Samuel Alito's draft opinion, it would unleash a ferocious state-by-state battle over, abort- over abortion regulations and introduce a new powerful issue into the calculus of voters who might otherwise be inclined to treat the midterm election as an up or down vote on Biden's performance. Moderate women who have tilted back toward the Republicans might now have second thoughts. Young people who felt let down by Biden could well find motivation to vote Democratic out of a feeling of fear and indignation about the Supreme Court. Um, You know, so as I said earlier, the arguments that I'm hearing from the Democratic side, um, although they are there, they are they are being talked about. Um, the ferocity clearly lies on the Republican and conservative side of the of the of the balance. Um, but the article talks about National Democrats have indicated they intend to campaign on the issue before the midterms in November. On Wednesday, Senate Democrats voted to provide a broad guarantee of abortion rights nationwide, although they knew the bill lacked enough support to overcome Republican opposition. And as, in, the, in the last few minutes we have, let me dig into that a little bit and we'll we'll likely talk more about it in the next episode. But essentially the Democrats put up a vote to to codify Roe versus Wade as law rather than a judicial opinion, uh, and thereby make it impossible for the Supreme Court to over to overturn it or undermine it. Um, not saying that it couldn't be eliminated; it would require a you know uh, a sixty vote majority in um, Congress to do it. But it would it would protect Roe from the Uh, Supreme Court just going in and and writing a new opinion and and throwing the switch to turn that off. Um, That vote did not pass, uh, and it was expected that it wouldn't pass. All 49 Republicans, I'm sorry, all 50 Republicans voted against it, and Democratic Senator Joe Manchin uh, voted against it as well, thereby uh, scuttling that that, uh, effort. Um, you know, And we're going to see more battles like that, particularly in closely divided states and congressional districts around the country. Many moderate voters suddenly find themselves choosing between a Democratic Party that has disappointed them since taking power in 2021 and a Republican Party newly emboldened to enact a right-wing social agenda that makes many voters deeply uneasy. That could create a major challenge for Republicans in their efforts to win back the centrist and center-right communities that shunned them during the Trump years and turned America's suburbs from areas near Atlanta and Philadelphia to Minneapolis and Salt Lake City into at least temporary political desert for the Republican Party. That exodus was particularly pronounced among centrist and even Republican-leaning white women a constituency that tends to favor abortion rights with modest limitations. So you know, as we as we wrap up this episode, some food for thought. Number one, uh, it is clear that, um, you know, women you know, are starting to uh, flex their political muscle around this issue and, and the others that I've talked about like it. Uh, that needs to continue. That needs to be strengthened and supported um, to, you know, us guys out here. We need to support, you know, our women in in uh, in this pursuit as well. Um, you know, if, if you're like me, you know, you have a, uh, a partner in your life. Uh, I have you know, female children, female grandchildren. I'm looking ahead at their future. Uh, we need to make sure that we do everything we can to um, to support their access to needed and necessary medical treatment. Now, you know, you may be anti-abortion. Uh, you may be, you know, in, in favor of a woman's right to choose. But either way, uh, I think we all need to be in favor that, you know, access uh, to all should not be eliminated just because one element of uh, a, a service is being you know, uh, addressed and attacked. Um, this is going to be a contentious issue. This is definitely going to be a, a central point of the upcoming midterm elections. Um, Democrats uh, at, at the state and local level, uh, you guys are not immune. You should be prepared. To answer the questions your constituents may ask about where you stand on this issue, uh, you should make sure that you understand it and that you are ready to have a fruitful discussion about the pros and cons of what's being proposed at the national level. Because uh, it impacts you as well, uh, even more so than the national level, because it's going to be local law enforcement, uh, state, county, local, city, that's going to be charged with enforcing these laws. So... Put your thinking caps on, do your diligence, dig wider, dig deeper. That's how we always talk about it here on Fired Up. As always, if you have comments or questions, send an email to the show at firedupradio at yahoo.com. I would love to get as many comments as possible on what you think about the leaked memo, what you think about the overturning of Roe versus Wade, uh, any questions you have or comments you want to make. Uh, Until then, as always, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to uh, our podcast here. Uh, I do appreciate your listenership. Uh, Everyone stay safe. Uh, Protect yourselves against the COVID because it is out there and it is still raging in our country. And as always, uh, you can look forward to seeing another episode of Fired Up, the podcast, coming out in seven days. Take care, everybody. Be safe.